Joshua Cribbs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung out and drill, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one on one. Irving puts it up. It's good. Kyrie Irving from downtown. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton. Awful. How is she awful? Kate's freedom. And now, any given podcast with your hosts Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. And welcome to any given podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Brendan Ward, sitting right here with my main man, Ethan Simpson. How are you? And I know you can't see us right now. We got a little uh, transition period going on with some camera and some camera work and things like that. But we'll get back to it as soon as possible. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get right down into it. The any given podcast fantasy football league update. My man Ethan got a big W on after Monday night, so I'm going to let him take it over. Yeah, so, you know, not too uh, not too bad for a team that was supposed to go 1-13. Right now I'm sitting in fourth place. Uh, that was a big W. It, uh, my team came through. Obviously, like everybody else's team, my team has had some injuries. Uh, I had to pick up a couple people off the waiver wires, but... Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here pretty at six and four. Two wins in a row. Not too bad. Uh, I uh, unfortunately had to take a loss. It was a it was a pretty close loss coming into Monday night. I was down down like ten or something like no, I was down like four or something like that. And I had the Bears defense and uh, Kyle had uh, Dalvin Cook, so I oh, thought yeah. there was not a single shot. And then at the end of the Monday night game. I look, and I only ended up losing by, like, two points because Cook only scored, like, six or seven, and the Bears' defense scored 12. So I got really, really, really close, uh, but just no cigar. Uh, I was actually satisfied with it, even though I lost, because Kyle is the hottest team in our league. His streak is five in a row. Uh, he's eight and two. They are, he's right now sitting at second, but that's just because of points scored. Because him and uh, Lights, Camera, Action are both tied with the same record uh, for that first spot. Uh, Devil Lettuce Swap Lover at three just didn't put a lineup in uh, that worked this week. He had he had like four people score two points. So that was pretty bad for him. I think his total number was less than 70 uh, for the week, which was pretty bad. And then obviously you took your W uh, over Heidi. I was going to say, I'm sorry, Heidi, that I had to smoke you by 30 points. Um just what happens. It's a dog-eat-dog world around here. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, but luckily, she's still sitting at the last spot in the playoffs right behind me at five. She's at number six. Uh, and then Primetime Manton is starting to make a little surge towards towards that spot as well at, at five and five. And we have actually five teams at five and five with me leading the charge just because a point scored. Um, another loss could send me down to the bottom of the league. Yeah, um, I'm just assuming that uh, Ian has stopped setting up his lineup. That's going to just be a guess for me because he has a decent team when it's all said and done. But, yeah, um, Cowboys suck. Your boy sitting at 0-10. Um, don't think he's ever checked his lineup. No, yeah, he kind of just – Drafted a team and then gave up, which kind of sucks, uh, especially considering he's sitting there with Nick Chubb and Lamar Jackson and some some pretty decent names that some people could uh, could use at this moment in time. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I know Nick Chubb was out for a while, but he's back now. He made it through Sunday's game unhurt. He's uh, back in the Cleveland groove. Yeah, and he was in a groove. Uh, unlike my running back, Christian McCaffrey, who came back for one game, 
scored me nearly 40 points in fantasy, gave me a win over your brother, and then now he's out for a couple more weeks because of a shoulder injury. Yeah, that was the one thing about Christian McCaffrey. I assumed that they were going to rush him right back too quickly, and that's what it seemed like happened. Well, did they, though? Because uh, he was supposed to come back uh, the week before, but because they had a Thursday night game, they didn't bring him back. Yeah, but I think his body wasn't fully healed. That's why he had the shoulder injury. Yeah, possibly. It's just he went from ankle to shoulder. And um, I would like to say real fast on a side note, I apologize for any of that sound coming. Um, We are in the frozen tundra of the Kent stage right now, and I am wearing multiple layers, and it is still very chilly. So that is just my coat scratching. I'm not trying to become a DJ or anything. All right, so moving on from fantasy football to reality football, the Cleveland Browns battled the Texans in a terrible storm to win 10-7 to behind big days from both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'm going to go ahead and say there was a lot of people complaining about this game, saying it was a terrible game, this, that, yada, yada. What are you supposed to do when you have when the winds are pushing 40 miles per hour? Uh, you're supposed to do what the Browns did. You're supposed to have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both with 19 carries over 100 yards, and Kareem Hunt, I mean Nick Chubb finding the end zone for the only touchdown uh, of the game for the Browns, and it's the first rushing touchdown uh, for the Browns since Week Four. Uh, against Dallas when he went out. Yeah. Uh, all these people are like, Baker sucks. He can't even play in that weather. <clears throat> uh, I don't think anybody could play in that weather. That was a horrible it, – it was the only weather delay this year. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's kind of a good indicator of where it was at. How many times have you – I have – I mean, in my, I'm sure, like, it's happened. I've seen delays before. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for, like, myself in high school or something, it's very hard to get an NFL game delayed. So to think that it got delayed and they – I mean, I know they said that there was lightning in the distance or something, but it was delayed because it was hailing sideways in that that concoction of tornado that is the field in First Energy Stadium. Uh, It was just all sorts of bad. Uh, You thought the weather against the Vegas Raiders was bad. It only got worse this week which is kind of weird because it was, like, consistently 70 degrees all week. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Sunday, it was sleet and right. it was 40-mile-an-hour winds and freezing. and That's just because, you know, Mother Nature knew it was Brown Sunday. Uh, I actually like, like when they have to play that because how often are you going to get good temperatures and good stuff like that in January or February? I know, like, if you go – I mean, I guess if you go down to, like – Miami and play the Dolphins or something, but what are the odds you're going to do that? Uh, you're going to go to Kansas City, and it's going to freeze there. You're going to go to Baltimore, and it's going to be cold there. You're going to go to Buffalo. It's going to – you know it's cold there, right? Like, mm. you got to win these cold games where it's Nick Chubb versus the entire defense, and Baker Mayfield only has 132 yards. But if you take a look at those wins and tell me he only incompleted eight passes – being 12 for 20, yeah, sure, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he also didn't throw a damn interception, and that's that's, that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> that definitely I, – I could only imagine what that game would be like if Freddie Kitchens was still coaching. He would just have Baker throwing the ball. It would be, it would be like watching a Kent Roosevelt game in the – you know, the, it's all mud. It's everybody slipping and sliding. It, uh, it would have been – it would have been not fun to watch. It would have been a completely different outcome. I mean, I think Damian Ratley would have went on a couple fades. Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, not even a rollout fade. It's going to be like a five-step drop, and then Baker would have thrown the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to battle 40 miles an hour wind 60 yards down the field to find uh, who? Canero Hodge. or uh, uh he liked putting running backs in fade situations, so Dontrell Hilliard or something, I feel like, is yeah. what Freddie Kitchens would have did for them there instead of just being like, oh, we have one of the best running backs in all of football. Let's hand it to him. Yeah, that, but you know what? Let's not look back at the past. Let's look at the present and the future 
and Kevin Stefanski did a fantastic job. I was a little weary of the three timeouts that he called at the end of the first quarter. Um, I didn't understand it. Then I listened to his press conference, and he was just making them, making them use, overwork their players and running out the clock. So that would, once he described what he was doing with those timeouts, it made a little more sense. Yeah, uh, I actually missed that. That was right about when I was trying to figure out if I uh, had power or not. So <laughs> I missed those timeouts. So I'm glad you explained that to me and talk, brought that up because I would have never even thought about it. But it makes sense. Make them overwork their players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all about that, right? It was 3 nothing at halftime. It was... It was 10 nothing at a point, and then they scored uh, on that 16-yard touchdown to Farrell Brown, uh, the only score they had. And Desh- like I said, Deshaun Watson only had like 12 completions himself. He, sure, he had 20 more yards in a score, but if you don't, if you take that away, that score away from him, which doesn't really matter because he lost the game, uh, he doesn't have more yards. Or it's, it's it, they, they had comparable, uh, co- very comparable games. Watson and Mayfield, but Watson uh, has his team right now at two and eight, mm-hmm. and is getting zero repercussions. Now I know that team has been blown up. They lost Bill O'Brien. They traded DeAndre Hopkins. But here's the thing: they brought in a decent running back in David Johnson. They brought back a decent receiver in Brandon Cooks. They still have Kenny Stills. They still have one of the better offensive lines in football. They should be better than two and eight. They the the th- I get that they went through Murderer's Row to start the season because mm-hmm. they had Kansas City, then Baltimore, then Pittsburgh. Okay, whatever. Sure, you, you can give me excuses for those other three games, but what about the other five you lost? Um, and I, I hate to give people people more fuel to the fire of how the Browns can't beat good teams because I truly think that the Texans are a good team. I I just think we need to start talking about how Deshaun Watson is just not living up to it this year. Yeah, and like you were saying, the first three games, you could see the excuses people are going to make there. But, and talking about losing DeAndre Hopkins, but like you said, they still have Stills and Cook and all those guys and Fuller. They still have an extremely good uh, receiving core. It's just, uh, I don't know. What, what, what are Texans fans saying? They just is it I, all just DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson going out? I th- that I th- I really truthfully think that they just think that the firing of Bill O'Brien ended their season, in which it shouldn't have. You you would think it would have put a spark in. Hey, this guy that somehow, like I said last week, dra- drafted a franchise quarterback and then blew up the team is now gone. This guy who. Even when he was in college football, was considerably not that great. Uh, Penn State, since he left there, has been better. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not this year; they've been struggling this year. But since 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 Bill O'Brien's been gone, has been way better. Yeah. Right? Uh, Bill O'Brien had one good year and then shipped off to the NFL. And the Houston Texans were like, "Here's the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You are the GM. You are the player." I don't know how on earth they've held on to J.J. Watt this long with Bill O'Brien being in charge because I'd imagine with as much as I know about J.J. Watt, he's not what he used to be, but he's also had some pull there in in Houston for quite a while. I'm surprised he's been there as long as he has. Uh, The only thing I could think of that kept him there is the fact that he's played like a total of three full seasons in the last eight years. Yeah, absolutely. He's extremely overrated. He's extremely injury-prone. Everybody that kept saying that the Browns should bring J.J. Watt in, um, just know his name and his commercials. That's it. J.J. Watt is, J.J. Watt, is, I think, is the most overrated player in the NFL. He's always, he's always hurt. Well, now he is, for sure. Uh, back in the day, I thought he was properly rated uh, at a point. Uh, but like you said, you can't sell your guys or sell your marketing team or sell your fans on a guy who, sure, when he's on the field, he's a decent player, and he's going to make the plays, but when is he on the field? Maybe four or five games a year. Yeah, like, it's about that time we're going to, J.J.'s going to be sitting out. Uh, I know he's got, like, and he does the little moments, you know what I'm saying? He does the, 
last year when he was out all year and then he came back for the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, well, I get wanting to play in a playoff game, but you, you aren't the reason they're here. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just don't like how he's a 99 every year in Madden. And <laughs> it's like he's never injured in Madden. Like, what? That's I understand it's a video game, not real life, but you've never seen him in real life? He ain't been an 85 in Madden in three years. Nah, it's just ridiculous. Whatever. Everybody's like, and then they were putting his picture next to, next to uh, Miles Garrett. Like, comparing the two. Miles Garrett is far and above. Like, even Von Miller to me is still better than J.J. Watt at this moment, and Miles Garrett is what Von Miller used to be times 10. Yeah. Like, Miles Garrett should be Defensive Player of the Year. I'm kind of pissed that they only gave him a half a sack for that sack on Sunday. Uh, for some reason, so now he's only leading by a half a sack. Uh, so he's still leading with nine and a half sacks, but I want him to break the record, and if you're going to give him a half a sack when he deserves a sack, a whole sack, it's gonna, right. you're not going to get there. Uh, 13 more to go in six games. I mean, I guess it's possible. Uh, he could break off yeah. five or six against, like, uh, the Jaguars or something. But uh, they have the Titans this week, don't they? Uh, they have the Eagles. Oh, that's right, the Eagles. Yeah, they can get that Carson Wentz, man. Yeah. Uh, it's in Cleveland, too. The Ravens are playing the Titans. And then the Browns get them next week. Yeah. Well, you know what happens if Browns beat Eagles, Titans beat Ravens, Browns go up to number two in the division. Who's slowing Pittsburgh down right now? I don't know. They're gonna. Their time's coming. It's got. They gotta lose at some point, right? Yeah, I don't they're know not. If, they're not gonna do the perfect season, like the Pats did, and then lose in the Super Bowl. That's not gonna happen. No, yeah, it's crazy to me to think that they they have the best record they've ever had in franchise history, and to me, they don't seem like they're that dominant of a team. They no. just come out on top. And you know what? There's people out there that are listening that um, can say that uh, I'm, a, I'm being a homer. Yeah, the Browns got the snot beat out of them by the Steelers. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying their time's coming. Yeah, somebody's got to lose. You're not. It's very hard to go undefeated uh, throughout the entire year. It's 100% like almost impossible. Only one team in the entire history of the NFL has ever done it. Uh, and then only one other team has ever done it in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to happen. Big Ben has just been getting, you can tell, he's starting to get worn down. Every time he gets hit or something, he can barely stand up to snap the ball. He's old, man, and I imagine this is his kind of last gasp. Yeah. I, I imagine Mason Rudolph might be their day one starter next year. Either <laughs> that or they're going to, because right, right, he's going to win, they're going to win a bunch of games. They're going to go to the playoffs and might make a run. Uh, they're going to draft later in that round. Who are they going to pick up late in the first round? Not Dustin Crum. I was. Gonna, you don't want that. No, I don't. Yes, you don't want that. Uh, and and especially uh, they're, they're going to have to think of if Roethlisberger walks away at the end of this year, uh, who who um, are they going to replace him with? And it's got to be Mason Rudolph because there's got to be a reason he's still there. Yeah. Uh, I thought last year he proved he probably shouldn't be in the NFL, but here we are. He still goes in when they're beating the Bengals 36-7, to and Joe Burrow almost loses his ankle uh, at the end of that game. And I was I – was, I actually yelled. I was like, take him out. Take out Burrow? Or? Yeah. They were losing – they were down like 37-6. Oh, to oh, oh, I thought you meant when they hit him, like take him out. Like No, I didn't want him to like hurt Burrow. I was – they were down like 37-6 to with four minutes left, and Burrow gets sacked by Vince Williams – Mm-hmm. And you, he, he can't even stand up for, like, a couple of minutes. And then finally he gets up and he's hopping off. And I was like, dude, just take him out. That is your future. Yeah, uh, after it was a runaway game, I just turned it off and started watching All in the Family. I, 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 yeah, I came I, back for the Sunday night game, which Cam, speaking of the Sunday night game, Cam Newton made a statement. I think they turned a corner. Yeah, he made a statement. He said, you know. Since halftime of that Jets game. That Pats team has been a different team. They've been, they've been Bill Belichick's team, bro. Right. Like, like they're back. Like Cam bought in. Like, like it all happened, and it scares me because the lead for the division is seven wins right now, mm-hmm. and they're only three games behind that. Sure, they can. Uh, it's going to take a fall off from Buffalo, but if they sneak into the wild card, 
the Patriots with Cam and the way they've been playing, and they scare me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't have to go up against Von Miller, which he's not going to, but we all remember that Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he won't jump on the ball. But, yeah, for sure, Cam definitely seems like he's bought in. I did catch that. Uh, okay, um, yeah, so with Nick Chubb, getting back to the Browns, would Nick Chubb having that breakaway run and stepping out on the one-yard line? I know a lot of people that were betting on the games, fantasy owners, a lot of those guys are mad. I don't blame Nick Chubb at all. No. I'm pro what Nick Chubb did. Uh, we were talking about it a little earlier. Like I said, Todd Gurley was executed for three weeks, uh, and he still talked about whenever a running back scores. And I'm sure uh, if you tune into ESPN or whatever right now, uh, and they're, if they're talking about the Chubb, the Chubb play, uh, Todd Gurley's being brought up from that time when they were playing the Lions and he scored late, and then the Lions came down and beat him. Uh, the thing is, is you got to take a look at the Browns' defense, and realistically, I could sit here and tell you they're one of the were one of the lesser talented defenses out there. Uh, they're give, they were giving up thirty points a game at some point. The weather has slowed that down for them uh, significantly. But you got to think about that. Can Deshaun Watson and this Texans offense score ten points in a minute? Realistically, maybe not, but why take that shot if I could just step out, step out of bounds right here and end the game? Right, and to go back on what we were saying about Texans fans making these excuses, if there's time left on the clock, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. He has good receivers. You don't want to see what happened later on in the day with the Cardinals and the Bills yeah. game. Ask the Buffalo Bills what happens when there's time on the clock. Yeah. So, uh, I saw somebody uh, tweeting out, a guy who works for uh, one of those sports stations in Pittsburgh, saying Browns fans need to shut up about Nick Chubb being selfless because if he was truly selfless, he wouldn't have gotten those extra yards, which, what? What about what is he supposed to do? Just fall once he gets the first down? I, I mean, I, I guess essentially it's it, the same thing, but it's a Pittsburgh guy though. Like that's just like, oh, well, he was selfless for not scoring and giving us the ball, but because he pads, he stat batted and got the extra fifty-eight yards it took to get down to the one. He, it's his problem and not anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Or you could have just stopped him. He could have walked in the end zone right. and just okay, we're up by 10, I'm going to trust in my defense to not let them score twice in 53 seconds. But he didn't. He stepped out of bounds, knew all it took was two kneel downs from Baker Mayfield to end the game at the three-yard line. Or, really, if they wanted to be selfish, the man could have stepped out of bounds, they could have took one kneel to let the clock run, and then on second down, they could have handed the ball back off to Nick Chubb because with the way he was running, are you telling me that Texans defense is stopping him from the one-yard line? No, no, I mean, he's an absolute monster. If he really wanted to score, he could have scored on another play just so the clock was running. Like I said, take a kneel down on first down to get it running, and then when you're down to, like, 10 seconds left, score. Because then, okay, in seven seconds, they're barely going to be able to return a kick, let alone score twice. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I just don't – unless you had thousands of dollars on the – on the over, then I don't want to hear anything. Oh, I'll, I'll, I understand those guys being yeah, like, mad. Uh, unless you lost f- fifty grand, bro, I don't want to hear anything. Right, and if anything, who's putting fifty grand on the goddamn Cleveland Browns who's, Houston Texans game? Who's putting fifty grand on the favorite? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Uh, You're not gonna cash out that much. What are you, fifty grand, five hundred dollars? Yeah, on a three and a half point favorite. It, it's, I mean, I guess, like, sure, sit there and call it all-time bad beat, but they're the favorite. You don't win big money on the favorite. Yeah. It's, it just doesn't work that way unless it's a parlay and you had seven different freaking bets. And, okay, then okay, if, if you had seven legs of a bet that all worked and you're losing out on 70 grand and you only bet, like, three bucks, then I can understand being a little, like, a little, because 
you bet three bucks and you almost just made the the bet of a lifetime, right? Right. But then you only get nine bucks. Yeah. Then you end up <laughs> uh, me on Sunday with the Masters, man. I I entered a free Fanduel thing. Yeah. And. So uh, you, I end Friday night, uh, and the leaderboard is Dustin Johnson, Abraham Answer, Paul Casey. Uh, then you had John Rahm and somebody else, and then you had this kid, Sebastian Munoz. Uh, there was five golfers. Uh, and then, like, five people down at, like, number 11 was Brooks Kepka. Guess who I had? Dustin Johnson, Abraham Answer, Paul Casey, Brooks Kepka. Sebastian Munoz were my five guys. Mm-hmm. So at the end of Friday night, I was five out of the top six in my thing. FanDuel's telling me I'm winning three grand. Okay. Guess what I end up winning at the end of Sunday? How much? 25 bucks. Uh, I'd much rather have three grand, but a free 25 bucks isn't too yeah, bad. Yeah, a free 25 bucks I'm not complaining about, but three, I was so close. And I'm sitting here watching it, and the only person that ended up better ended up continuing to play well is Dustin Johnson and that Munoz kid. And the only reason I ended up picking him because I was going through stats and it said that he has made every cut he's played in. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, hey, numbers don't lie. No, and they didn't, too, because he was right there. And then the Tiger Woods collapse on on Sunday was just something of we ain't even going to get into golf because it was just something of. I caught probably 15 minutes of the Masters all weekend. As you know, golf's not really my thing. I don't mind watching it, um, but I'm not really too big of a golf guy. I watched every single minute of it the first three days, and then once I lost power, I didn't finish it. Well, I, and also I only watched 15 minutes of it because Ian would hop on Sling and watch uh, all the Masters. So he was taken, so I couldn't use Sling, so I couldn't even watch it. Could have streamed it. But I wasn't going to strain my neck to do it. All right, so back to the Browns. Browns have the best record since 2014. And, you know, I'm having flashbacks to 2014 because you have a winning quarterback, but yet these fans still want the backup put in? Are you kidding me? I remember the same people that are screaming bench Johnny or bench Baker are the same ones that were screaming, we won Johnny when Brian Hoyer was winning games. So Baker Mayfield's winning games. Brian Hoyer was winning games. I don't want to hear it from any of these people. They don't know football. If they said that was a bad game because the Browns only won by three, then they don't know dog crap about football. The way that Stefanski and that team played – was smart football. That is straight football IQ and football knowledge. It, it's it's. I mean, it's a it's a coach coming in and knowing what he's got, right? He knows that. It's a shame we don't have the camera. And I don't even I don't even know if it's him knowing what he's got, right? Because Baker's not bad. Is not what I'm saying. It's just he understands that the way to success for this team is through the running game. Especially when winds are 30-some miles an hour, 40-some miles an hour. Yeah. You can't throw a ball in the air. It, it's called wind resistance. It doesn't go where you intend it to go unless you overthrow it on purpose and the wind brings it down right to the right spot. And then that's a lot of guessing because there's not a quarterback in this league that can figure out what wind resistance is going to do a, to a ball on the fly like there's some scientist. Well, I mean, let's let's not forget that back when sports science was a thing on ESPN, they talked about the precision and accuracy of Brandon Whedon. He was on there, and look what he did on the field. That's why, you know what, nerds, stick to math and figuring out what's going on with this virus. Leave sports to the athletes and the people that know what they're talking about. Mathematics does not work in football. You learned that, I learned that, all of Cleveland learned that when we had the analytics guy here. There's only so many things that analytics can do. Analytics can tell you percentages of different scenarios that you see on a football field. It's not going to account for wind, and it's not going to account for a tornado, and it's not going to account for sleet. 
or a wet ball and things like that. It's going to account for, hey, we've got two tight ends and they've got three down linemen. Hey, we should have the we we should have a ninety percent chance of success just because we have the upper hand on the front line if we run up the middle. That's what analytics tell you. Not, hey, it's forty mile an hour winds. We probably shouldn't throw the ball. Right. <laughs> Analytics works in baseball because baseball, even batting 300, which is batting 300 for your career, you're a fantastic hitter. That's Hall of Fame numbers. It's impressive, yeah. But that's a losing number. Right? It's three out of every ten. Yeah. It's that's a losing number. So that makes sense in baseball. If this guy hits this percentage of curveballs compared to this percentage of fastballs, you know, up and inside fastballs or down outside curveballs. That works in baseball because you can do it. Football is a completely different sport. Football goes just off of common knowledge, I guess. Yeah, it's you know? not it's not as it's it's easier to break down. It's not as, hey, this guy hits better in the like you said, the top right, right. of the strike zone. Like the velocity of the curveball when it yeah. comes down. He, he 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 hits it he hits it he cranks it if you hit the upper outside or the upper right side of the strike zone. But if you put it down and in in the strike zone, the guy can't hit to save his life. Mm -hmm. That's what analytics are doing for you in baseball. In football, they're literally just, hey, it's third down and one. A a run makes a lot more sense because there's a 97% success rate. Right. You can use a little bit like this team is, you know, they have a a 60% chance of stopping the run when they are in zone coverage or something like that. But it's not the same as in baseball. No, it's nowhere near it. Uh, Like you said, that they have the best record since 2014 with your boy Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Uh, But they unfortunately sit just outside the playoffs uh, with three other teams in the wild card, five total sitting at six and three. Two of the other wild card teams are the Ravens and the Raiders, who both currently have two of the three uh, who currently account for two of the three losses that the Browns have. Uh, So uh, outside looking in, especially with the surging Miami, I imagine at some point Miami's going to come back down to earth. And I think they've just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Two has been all right, but he hasn't. They're on that. They're on, you know, the, they're in their honeymoon. Yeah. They're on that two a high basically Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it They're, they're, I feel like they're going to, I don't, I'm not saying that they're a bad team because Flores definitely did something with them last year when, when the front office just didn't want to even stay alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He still won five games. The front office pretty much tried to do what the New York Jets are doing right now. They traded everybody. They traded Kenyon Drake. They traded Kenny Stills. They, tra- they traded pretty much everyone. Uh, but uh, so with that being said, uh, there's still a lot of talk about Coach of the Year for Kevin Stefanski. Brian Flores is up there with him because of what he's doing in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the fact that Mike Tomlin's being being told that he might be. The guy has the best defense in all of football and a veteran Hall of Fame quarterback, whether you want to admit it or not. I'm going to stop you here real fast. One second, Brendan. Did you see what Mike Tomlin came out and said on Tuesday? Uh, I don't believe in trap games. Uh, it's not the Big Ten playing a max school. Okay. Here's the thing there, Mikey. You are the most annoying coach in the NFL. You act like you're so humble, but you're such an asshole. And and here's the thing. Maybe sit down at home at 8 p.m. on Tuesday and watch what Kent State does to the Akron Zips and then make a comment about a Mac school. You know what actually pissed me off that, that Kent didn't get anybody in Max Player of the Weeks? After yeah. hanging 62 on Bowling Green for the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, just just wait till they put up 80 points tonight against Akron. Right. And like, then and then on top of that, why are you talking about the Mac when your golden boy, old <laughs> Benny Rapel, I mean Roethlisberger, is yeah, from, well, is from uh, Miami of Ohio. Your quarterback is a Mac quarterback. Steubenville, Ohio, born and raised. How you doing? He is Mac through and through, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, I've seen it, and it was just like, uh... Right? Uh, like, if you didn't have that Mac player, your team would be shit. <laughs> right? 
to me, it's just what has Tomlin like? Okay, sh- they're eight zero. I don't know what that was. Uh, uh, this just rolled over. Oh, okay. So what? They're eight zero. Sure, best best record in franchise history. But like you said, the Golden Boy is the reason why. Yeah. Uh, when he won his Super Bowl back in the day, he inherited Bill Cowher's team. I that's the number one thing I've been saying, the whole time. Mike Tomlin has been the coach. He inherited this team. He didn't have to try and build this team. He inherited the team. He inherited the GM, the president. He inherited all of that. Pretty much, what he got was a small loan of a million dollars. Right. Uh, but I was impressed last year with him. I'll give him that. To almost take that team to the playoffs last year, yeah, I'll, right. I could give you that. You know what I'm saying? But 8 no this year. Uh, I get it working with Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I get it. To You're- win eight games is impressive to me. Uh, but the fact that I feel like right now as they sit, they could end up 12-4, and 13-3, and three, and it really wouldn't surprise me that they ended up losing that many games. Yeah. By all means. Heck, I didn't even watch the Cowboys game because I thought it was going to be so bad. And the Cowboys almost beat them with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. Hey, Garrett Gilbert, he was the prince of the AAF. The the AAF that no longer exists and will forever be a shadow of what the XFL is going to be next year when The Rock brings it back. You think, speaking of the XFL, you think The Rock's going to let Johnny Manziel in? No. I would. You know uh, why? Maybe. Not not to bring his career back, but just to get viewership and jersey I was sales. Say, the Rock is smart with marketing, so maybe, right? He knows that 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 the heel, uh, uh, to use a wrestling term, sells. The bad guy sells. You could have, like, you know, The Rock walk into the locker room and Johnny's got a, a mirror with some blow on it doing it. <laughs> the Rock's like, you know, do some Vince McMahon type stuff where, you know, they're fighting each other. Then they I go mean, out on the field. I mean, make it a whole movie. Yeah. Like, do whatever you need to do to market it. and Because marketing is king, and it's going to do whatever you need it to do to make it happen. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the NBA uh, and kind of get into that. Because the NBA is back. The trading period actually started Monday at noon, and it was a busy one. The, the Milwaukee Bucks bolstered their, bolstered their roster around Giannis, uh, adding Drew Holiday from the Pelicans and Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Kings. Uh, the Kings trade was a sign-in trade, uh, so Bogdanovich gets his money and gets traded. Uh, they gave up a couple pieces, but my biggest thing is they gave up like three first-round picks to Drew, for Drew Holiday from the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're thinking now. They're not thinking... They're not trying to rebuild. They're thinking now. Who can we get around us now? Which, I don't hate it. That's not I, a bad. No, I think they're a hundred percent better than they were for sure. Yeah. Uh, my biggest worry is Giannis doesn't have a contract yet. Well, well, then yeah, that's going to be a problem. And it's kind of like what the Cavs did. LeBron's final year. Tried to bolster the roster with what everybody thought would help him. <laughs> Such a trash team. It ended up being a very trash team. So, if they do this trial run last year with Giannis in the last year of his contract, and they end up getting bounced again in the first or second round by Boston, who's probably going to play a better brand of team basketball, or Toronto, who's still been around uh, with the incredible coaching from Nick Nurse, or... Whoever, the Nets are here again. Uh, We'll get into the Nets in a minute. Uh, But by all means, they could get bounced still because I don't know if Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich makes them better than the Nets uh, if everyone's healthy on that team. Yeah. I don't – so – and then Giannis is just like, okay, well, this still wasn't enough. And this is your guys' biggest gasp at making us win. This is literally – the best you could do, because it 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 aside from bringing in Anthony Davis or LeBron James, how can you do better? Uh, can they go get James Harden? Can they go get Russell Westbrook? No, they can't because they just gave up three first round picks for Drew Holiday. Yeah, no, that is true. Um, I wouldn't have gone three for Drew Holiday. They went three. 
and they'll be dead in the water for years to come if Giannis walks away next year. Well, the biggest mistake they made was giving us back Delhi. They need a role player because now they don't have a bench. Yeah. They they traded away. They they kept their core. They still have Chris Middleton. They still have Giannis. Now they've got Holiday at the one, and Bogdanovich will be probably their sixth man or something like that. And they'll add in, a, I don't know, they still have Thon Maker, and they, even though he's not that good. Uh, they still have some size, but they also starting to need wings. Uh, the biggest thing is they, once it becomes down to the playoffs, only Giannis was there. Mm-hmm. And that's why they brought in Drew and Bogdan. So Giannis can kick out and play like right. so he could so Giannis can play the Miami LeBron role. Yeah, basically I'm gonna Get some drive. playmakers around him. Yeah, I'm gonna drive, and if they stop me, I'm gonna kick, and you're gonna score. So speaking of uh, Giannis, I was they had on um, outside the lines. It was the Giannis draft special because he went on he did that three part podcast with Waj. Yeah, and. Um, Watching it just gave me these flashbacks of Anthony. I couldn't even make a European League roster. Bennett was drafted number one overall. When there was sitting right behind him, like Stephen Adams and Giannis and all these guys. But the Cavs were like, hey, we're going to take Anthony Bennett. You see how that worked out? That's why you never didn't, trust the number one pick unless it's s- Baker Mayfield. Didn't he get signed to, like, a practice squad? I know they don't call it a practice squad, but, like, like I feel G like the Timberwolves signed him to, like, some practice shit this year. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna uh, this it. past year. Uh, it might be hard to find because it was very insignificant, but I remember hearing about it uh, that I think some team signed him. Uh, yeah, see, the first, time, the first thing you do is type his name, and it says, what happened to catastrophic NBA bust Anthony Bennett? Number one overall in 13. He hasn't played basketball in the league since 2017. Hey, he made it four years. That's big. Big bust. Big old bust. I just want to know, like, what happened, man. Because it is. It's like he completely forgot that he was playing basketball. Yeah. And obviously. Oh, no, he was. Um. He went to the Timberwolves in 14 with, uh, what's his name, uh, A. Wiggins. So maybe, I know they traded him there back back then, but I just don't know, like, I feel like I heard he, uh, got, he got signed. He got a second chance in the NBA with the Rockets G League in 2019. However, he was waived by the team before he could even play a single game because of a knee injury. Anthony Bennett is just like Greg Oden. Uh, no. No? No. Where's Greg Oden at? I, I know he didn't end up doing anything in the NBA, but Greg Oden had talent. Greg Oden had talent. He's he looked like the, LeBron James if LeBron was, you know, 70 years old. And he was injury prone. Anthony, yeah, he went to the Blazers, and then he really didn't do anything because his knees couldn't hold up. The thing is, is Anthony Bennett's problem wasn't his injuries. He just couldn't play basketball. Greg Oden could play basketball if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Greg Oden's knees couldn't hold up in the league. I'm saying they're comparable because they didn't really do anything uh, in the uh, NBA. I, I, okay, I get what you're saying. Greg but Oden actually had talent. He had, yeah. Bennett what, was just a bust. Yeah, Bennett was just trash. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, okay, the, now I see what you're saying. I was just saying the same thing. Like, they were hyped up in college to come into the league. They come into the league and Yeah, 100%. Is, is, that's, it's, it's the same career trajectory for sure. I just think they're incomparable because of, I think, Odin, if he could be on court, was still a decent basketball player. Uh, just like he's proven it right now, he's over there playing in the big three. Oh, is he yeah. right now? Yeah, nice. and he, he played all year last year, so he didn't get hurt or anything. There I thought go. that was pretty impressive. Uh, it was actually weird. I turned it on, and I seen this big dude fly in the air and dunk, and I was like, that looks like Greg Odin. <laughs> and then I see uh, – Two-point goal, Greg Oden. Yeah, and then I see stupid-ass Michael Rappaport uh, uh, interviewing afterwards, and it's like, hey, Greg, how you doing? And I was like, that is Greg Oden. Like, yeah, and we can't even get into Michael Rappaport. Hold on. What do you got going for me? 
Are you pulling up that movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, weird how it keeps coming up in references today. My mom said... Men of Honor. My Men of Honor was on today before we started getting... I forgot Michael Rapport was in it the second he popped on the screen. Turned it off. I love Kuba, but I'm not going to see Michael Rapport's <laughs> old rat ass walking around my TV. My mom loves that dude. Oh, he's so and, annoying. And he just... He made his really, like, he, he made it big a couple years ago off of really ranting about not liking LeBron. And then he said it was personal, and come to find out, it's just because LeBron didn't shake his, like, kid's hand or something. Like, it's LeBron, bro. He's not going to shake everyone's hand. Sure, he probably just didn't really. If LeBron shook everybody's hand, he would be uh, ground zero for coronavirus. Right? <laughs> it's like... I mean, it's whatever. Speaking and of LeBron, you think he's going to be in Kent tonight for the Kent Akron game? He used he to in, always come to the Kent Akron games. Is he in Ohio? No. I was like, I don't know why he would be here, but maybe. So, speaking of first round picks, Chris Paul gets traded to the Suns. Now, the Thunder, people were saying that was a dumb trade on the Suns' part. Because the Thunder now hold 17 first-round picks until 2027. 17 in seven years. Uh, it's actually 16 in six, and then they give you the one for 20, 2027. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. That's what. It, so, like, I'm just saying, 16 in six is crazy to think about. And then you add in that extra one the next year uh, just to add in another number. Uh, it's just insane uh, to me. I think... Is it possible to call a win-win for everybody? Yeah, I mean, definitely because they wanted somebody around Devin Booker that was a playmaker. Right. And they got that in Chris Paul, a veteran. He'll be a leader on the team, can teach the young kids. These guys got Ricky Rubio. Um, who else did they get? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the two. And they got a, some draft picks. The other guy that they got, I can't remember 100%. The thing is, is the Suns were really good in the bubble last year. Yeah, They didn't end up making the playoffs because they had a rough rough start to their season. But they were really good in the bubble last year, and they're really looking to capitalize on that coming back. You got superstar Devin Booker. Now you add in Chris Paul. Future who, Hall of Famer Chris fu- Paul. Future Hall of Famer Chris Paul, who you could arguably, arguably say is the only reason the Thunder were worth a damn last year. All right, let's not throw Stephen Adams. Okay, Stephen. That's my guy. You can't tell me Chris Paul and Stephen Adams still equal playoff success, and the Thunder made it to the second round. Yeah. All right. I'll give it to you. I'm just right? saying that people tell me I look like Stephen Adams. You, you, you got the, you're not quite as big as him, but you got the facial features uh, a little bit. Uh, he's, you, like, he's got like two inches on People me. tell you you look like Stephen Adams until till they meet T. And then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I look like Stephen Adams when he grows his beard out. <laughs> yeah. T's Stephen Adams uh, after he retires. <laughs> he's after rocking he that re- ponytail. After he retires and rocking that ponytail. But, uh, yeah. I, I could say that's a win-win because the Thunder, KD leaving, then Westbrook leaving, uh, that really threw a wrench into their whole thing. So now they're, they're completely on the rebuild. I'm just saying two years after Russell Westbrook leaves, like you said, 17 draft picks in seven years. Yeah. Uh, to put it into perspective, it's been two years since LeBron left Cleveland and they barely have a draft pick this year. They've got number five, right? So it's just about putting yourself in setting yourself up for success. And sure, LeBron just kind of walked away, so you couldn't get trade assets for him or anything like that. Uh, but Houston sold out for Russell Westbrook, and that whole team is about to, about to explode, And which is what we're talking about next. Both Russell Westbrook and James Harden won out of Houston. It came out a, quite a few days ago that Russell Westbrook wanted out, and then it came out that James Harden was actually content with staying where he was at because I figured he probably is thinking, okay, well, Russ is the reason we weren't as good this year or something like that. Mm-hmm. It just threw off the chemistry or something. Maybe we'll all stay here and see. But turns out James Harden is the worst of the two because he wants out, and he only wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, um, so if the Nets are not only paying – Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant and all the other players. And uh, Harden turns down $50 million a year. Highest paid 
NBA player ever. $50 million a year, $103 million for two seasons, and he turns it down to go to the Nets, who will not put that kind of money up. No. I, I said it on Twitter on Monday. I said, $50 million a year? I'll go play basketball in North Korea. I don't care. I'll be, I'll dodge sniper shots. Right? I'll go play, you know, I'll go play basketball in Chernobyl. Right? $50 million yeah, 50 a year? A year? You no, kidding me? Without a doubt. But no, Man. he thinks he's going to get a ring out there with KD and Kyrie. Man's making like $500 a minute. Uh, it's, ins- it's insanity. I really hope it's it happens. It's insanity. I hope it happens. What? I hope they trade him to Brooklyn. Yeah. Want to know why? Why is that? I think it ruins it. Brooklyn scares the crap out of me right now. And it's not the dynamic, it's not the duo of Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant that scares me. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that behind them, you've got Karis LeVert, who before he got hurt was probably an all-star, one of the better players in the league. Was that, did Dr. Seuss write that, Karis LeVert, before <laughs> he got hurt? <laughs> Look at me. Look at me rhyming. Uh, then you've got Spencer Didwittie, who is a fantastic role player. You got Joe Harris, who's a pretty good three-point shooter. Joe Fantastic Harris, ex-Cavalier. Role player, who was like the 15th person on the Cavaliers roster, uh, but he was young. Uh, so that's a little different. They've got all this depth, and it's all going to be gone if they go after Harden. There's, right. there's going to be no picks the next couple of years, because if you can get three for Drew Holiday, imagine what you can get for 50 points a game, James Harden. Right. And none of these guys that are on the bench are going to touch the ball. Well, it's going to be Harden, KD, and Kyrie tossing the ball back well, and forth to each other. And that's the thing that I think ruins it is Kevin Durant, who you can argue might be up there with LeBron as 1 and 1A. I, I'm not saying it, but there's the argument. You know what I'm saying? There is that argument that Kevin Durant is 1A to LeBron's 1. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Durant is a fantastic basketball player, but he will never be LeBron James. LeBron James, I've said it a million times, and I'm going to say it again, was created in some kind of laboratory by a mad basketball scientist. But if James Harden becomes a Brooklyn Net, Kevin Durant is now in the Kevin Love role. Oh, yeah. Ha! Didn't think about that. Because he's the only one that can step back. Yeah. Kyrie Irving's a selfish little prick. He's not going to want to step back. If he steps back, he's probably going to blow out another kneecap Right, or and James Harden is the ball-dominant guy. Yeah. It's the reason him and Westbrook didn't work in Houston, because they are They're so ball-dominant. Yeah. I, I, I truly 100% thinks it, think it blows up the Brooklyn Nets to the point where, on the way here, all I heard was how if they make this trade happen, the centerpiece of the trade should be Kyrie Irving for James Harden because you don't want to get rid of all that depth because if you have Irving, Harden, and Durant at the thing, at all at the same time, yeah. you can't decide who's ball dominant. And sure, three superstars of that magnitude sounds great. It just does not work. The reason it worked in Golden State is because Steph stepped back, because mm-hmm. Clay stepped back and let KD be ball dominant. And I think KD can do that with another player. I don't think he can do it as the third option on a Brooklyn Nets team that he went to to make his own team. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. Um, another thing, speaking of ball dominant, be- between Kyrie and LeBron, that's why Kyrie left. Right. Because it was Kyrie's team, Yeah. even though the, they were trash. It was still fun to watch Kyrie do his handles because he had scrubs around him, right? He went from having the keys to the kingdom to being second fiddle and right. couldn't handle it. And he was pissed because LeBron comes in and everybody's just like forgets about Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie was the one who set up the wearing the I can't breathe shirts and everybody said it was LeBron's thing. You could see in interviews when they were asking Kyrie about LeBron setting up, he was pissed, but he wasn't going to say anything. So even from social issues to on-the-court issues, LeBron came in and pretty much treated Kyrie like a little kid, like his little bitch. 
like LeBron had been there the whole time, and they just drafted Kyrie to help LeBron. That. They're gonna do that. Yeah, it's, it's the way. LeBron is the best in the league, the goat for a reason. Uh, you're gonna do any squad he comes in. Honestly, I think James Harden works better in LA with the Lakers. Yeah. Than I think he works with the Nets, because the Lakers need a ball dominant guy. Mm-hmm. They'd be perfectly happy letting James Harden run the offense and yeah. LeBron. LeBron not running it because LeBron's getting old. Mm-hmm. He, he he's ready to step back, and you know he is. Yeah. And in the playoffs, like then you that have, they can do it that way. Would you have uh, AD play the Kevin role? I think you'd have LeBron play the Kevin role. Mm. You'd have James Harden as you're bringing up the floor point guard, and then you'd have AD play the five. Um, so maybe maybe AD's the Kevin Love. Uh, just because of LeBron's position, yeah, uh, it makes maybe some sense. I think he fits. All, LA don't have the pieces to get him. By all means, no way. Uh, but I think he fits better with the Lakers than he does with the Nets. Speaking of the Nets, I just thought of this: Is Jay Z still no, one of the owners? He just when moved he, him to Brooklyn and left. He, well, when he started Rock Nation. Uh, and became an agent, mm-hmm. they said it's conflict of interest. You can't be an agent and also represent Gotcha, a team. so he, was just, he went with agent they, over owner? He, well, you can make a lot more money yeah, as, well, an yeah, agent, yeah. as an agent than, uh, who is his name? What's his name, Scott Boris? He's like one of the richest dudes in the world. Yeah. Uh, the, the baseball guy, the baseball agent mm-hmm. that just has, like, everybody. Yeah, see, that was the one thing I made the mistake of in 2019 was going to school for broadcasting instead of becoming a talent agent. I don't know why I thought uh, talking about sports would be a lot funner, and uh, I thought about what I'd like to do rather than uh, financially if I became a talent agent. Uh, a lot more money. And it, it's, it's, it, you're just picking up a phone, right? You're just like, hey, man. Picking up a phone, you're talking, talking to talk, talking to business. I've talked to many agents in my time, People. and uh, you know how to talk to them. They're all fake. They're not all fake. Not all of them. There's actually a lot of agents I like and I have worked with. What? But a lot of them, they're just salesmen. They're selling you, the artist. All right, so enough of that. Hold on. Before you get into that, I'll leave you with one thing. People think an agent job is hard. But imagine being Rich Paul and just calling, picking up a phone. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, well, I, Joel Embiid. Rich Paul doesn't even really have to do anything. It's just... Like, hey, you want to come be agents with LeBron? You want LeBron to help you out? Like, yeah, hey, look what know. he did for Tristan Thompson. Hey, you know who I have. Right. As soon as you see Rich Paul coming up on your phone, you're like, hello? Yeah, sure. Oh, LeBron's going to help me get paid? Cool. Tight. Thanks, man. And I'm not taking away from Rich Paul. No. Don't get me wrong. He no. learned He learned the business. Yeah, do his thing. He went out and learned the business, but he had a lot of help from LeBron. Yeah. He, it, it's almost like he had a small loan of a million dollars. <laughs> Third, second time. All right, I'm gonna what keep you got for that. me? All right, so for this day in sports history, on October, uh, I just said October, on November 17th, 1991, Dale Earnhardt Jr. wins the 41st NASCAR Sprint Cup Series. Senior. Did I say junior? Yeah. Uh, senior, my apologies. Saying October really threw me off. Yeah. So... November 17th, 1990, the 40th NASCAR, uh, the Sprint Cup winner, Dale Sr., wins it. Now, in 1991, on November 18th, the 41st NASCAR Sprint Cup winner was Dale Sr. again. So he's just winning them back to back. Going back um, to back. I don't think I have to go into... Talking about Dale Sr., I think everybody knows the Intimidator. Yeah, did, 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 uh, hands down, the, he's the goat. If you, if you don't know NASCAR, you know who Dale Earnhardt is. Everybody knows who Dale Earnhardt is. The three, yeah, you know yeah. the the tragic day at Talladega I, or Daytona. Daytona. I, I cannot believe that they let somebody else drive a three. Oh yeah, that's not his son, right? I I understand that. Yeah, and then but they still have the black scheme. The black, white, it's, and red it, it scheme. It looks the same. Yeah, and then, um, oh, which brother is that? Is it, is it Austin? That yeah, drives? Austin. Austin Dillon. You know how many, like, crazy crashes he's gotten into, even at Daytona on the it, same it's turn? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like flashbacks. So, yeah, he, like, I mean, flipped up into the guardrail 
and he's still driving the three car. Like, and you're at Daytona. Like, dude, I, if I was him, I would just step away from that car. It, it's like, almost like H going back and editing the 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 senior crash. Right. Well, senior with, didn't with like flip up, but senior got. But but it, I, I know he didn't flip up, but it's almost just like adding an HD level to the senior crash. Oh yeah. Because you don't you can't see who's in that car. You just see the three just black, the, white, and red. Like you said, the black, white, red three flying through the air, and all it is is man. That terrible day in February. Right, and um, the thing is, the announcers, the guys covering the race, a lot of people at home didn't know, but the guys covering the race, Junior, uh, Gordon, I think Tony Stewart, all those other guys, they knew that he would always take off his neck brace on the final lap. They knew he was gone. Yeah, and they knew as soon as he hit that his neck broke. Yeah. But he was still alive when they got him into the ambulance. Yeah. But everybody, like, that's why everybody went just dead silent because they all knew how he did the final lap. Yeah. That was his, always his thing. Like, he started taking off his, off his, all his uh, restraints and whatnot. So, Dale Jr., or I keep saying Jr. There's two of them, man. You always talk about Jr. now. Yeah, Jr. Covering races. Dale Sr. Sr.'s been gone for a while, so. Senior, I enjoyed the little amount of time I got to see you race. Uh, it's a shame what happened. But retire the three, retire 24, retire 43. By all means, you could retire 3, 8, 24, uh, 48, and 20. Yeah. And 43. Well, I mean, he technically owns that car. Petty? Yeah. yeah I know. I was, like, uh, I was like, you could retire 43, but, like, Eddie's the one. Yeah, he's the one giving these people the car to race in. It's like he's the one doing it. So, uh, speaking of NASCAR, I didn't know Brad Doherty on the team. Yeah, oh, Brad Doherty, big NASCAR guy. He's uh, he's one of the uh, commentators. Is he? For the races for, uh, I think, uh, NBC. I heard that the other day and was like, Brad Doherty does racing? Like, Cavaliers, Brad Doherty? I saw that. It was like, we rehired Brad Doherty. And so I was like, because T used to hang out with Doherty and Nance Sr. and all those guys back in the day. Yeah. Because his boy was in charge of uh, covering all that stuff at the Coliseum. And so I I was like, Brad Doherty was involved in NASCAR? I was like, oh, yeah, Doherty grew up in one of the Carolinas or something. He's like, he, he, He's Southern. He, loves, he loves NASCAR, bro. He was all about NASCAR. So, yeah. And uh, Dale Sr., uh, if we're saying thank you, thank you for bringing me Dale Jr. Because uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know NASCAR. Because, uh, like you said, we barely got time with Dale Sr. Yeah. Uh, and so I got Dale Jr. Uh, from my dad's love of Dale Sr. Right? Mm. So, like, my room from, like, age 4 to 10 was nothing but, like, junior memorabilia. See, I was – mine was a little different. T loved Sr., but me and Ian got into Gordon. But I, I still like, I still root for. I rooted for Junior when he was still racing. Yeah, I always liked him. He was a hell of a NASCAR driver. Uh, but I was always a Gordon guy. That Rainbow Warrior. That I, kid from colors, California. The, the Dupont. There's nothing better. There's not a car that's ever looked better. I would say. The Dupont, the Rainbow Warrior, then obviously the classic. Pepsi Flames. I also enjoy when Chase Elliott starts driving that Hooters car. Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> the color scheme of Hooters, and then it just has a big Hooters sign on the front. Yeah. Hooters, baby. Only time I ever went to Hooters uh, was during spring training in Arizona. I've actually never been. I've, I've been around quite a few of them. Like, and then, like, one time uh, last year when we went to Illinois for my uh, sister's Navy graduation or whatever, mm-hmm. I kept suggesting it because it was right next to our hotel. Yeah. I was like, why would we go to Hooters? I was like, I don't know. It's right here. Right. I was like, it's not like I, I mean, I'm with my fiance right now. It's not like I'm going there for. Look at some Hooters. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going there because it's right there. And it's Hooters or it's Culver's. And I'd rather eat chicken than burgers. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, they also had a sign in front of it that had. Um, said that George Burns, something, they made a joke about George Burns. A lot of people don't know George Burns. Uh, if you're probably 
either me or over the age of 50, you know George Burns. But uh, <laughs> there's also a sign outside, too. And I was like, hey, why not? It's right by the stadium. Let's go get some wings. Um, yeah, it was fun. Brilliant marketing plan. Anything else for me, my man? We actually just went over an hour. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at ETH Simpson CGOD. You can follow me on Instagram at ETH Simpson. You can follow my man over here at. Follow me on Twitter at BWardCLE. Follow me on Instagram, B.Ward52. Do not forget to follow the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Given, on Instagram, Any Given Podcast, Facebook.com slash Any Given Podcast. Please. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube because I keep saying describe, so I'm going to start pronunciating it a little bit. Thank you for tuning in to episode 29 of Any Given Podcast. Have a wonderful and fantastic rest of your week. God bless and stay blessed.